Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast. Personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Pathways to Profitability podcast. I am Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way, and our guest today is Laura Crothers from Crothers Consulting. Laura, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Cheryl. Super excited about our conversation and where it's going to lead us. Sky's the limit here. So I'd like to start, just give the audience a little bit of background about who you are and a little bit about the company. Sure. So uh, I am a longtime HR professional, right? I spent most of my career in corporate HR, doing big global roles, and I led some merger and acquisition roles, as well as head of HR for high-growth companies. And in 2010, I decided I needed some balance to be with my growing family a bit more. So I left corporate HR and on the shingle. And honestly, I thought it was going to be me and maybe I'd get lucky and have an admin one day. And what happened over time was there was really a need for what I was offering. And at that point, we were working with high growth companies on HR projects, specifically focused on mergers and acquisitions. So here we are 12 years later, and what Crothers Consulting does with 25P now is we focus on those same high-growth projects, um, not just for mergers and acquisitions, but all small and middle-sized organizations that are in growth mode. Uh, In addition, we added a leadership development executive coaching vertical And over COVID, we ended up adding a training vertical because we created all these courses over years. We're like, wow, we have 30 courses, but we never talk about it. So that came handy as people were looking for things to do remotely. So very diverse uh, portfolio of offerings, I'll say. Some very niche and some more general. And I love that diversification. Um, But let's just roll it back a little bit to the, you know, the start of the business and working for corporate and having that corporate career and that decision to take that leap of faith. Like, was there something going on in your career or it was just time? Like, what was the, what was the thing or the things that said, I'm ready? Let's do yeah. this. Well, so there were a few things that were colliding at once, Cheryl. So number one, the small high growth, my part-time HR leader job that I had taken so I could be with my kid had turned into a full-time, you know, 80-hour-a-week kind of thing again. Mm -hmm. We'd just been acquired. We had been owned by a couple of equity firms. We had just been acquired by a large bank. And so it was beginning to look corporate again. So that was one thing that was going on. The second thing was my younger child at that point was about to go into first grade and neither wanted anything to do with the aftercare programs. And the third thing that was going on is my father was dying. 
of oh, cancer. So mm-hmm. kind of like all three of those things, it was a good time for me to step away. So to be honest with you, I had also put in a change in control plan at the company I was with. And with that change, with the big bank buying us, I was able to get a nice package. And the first year I kind of dealt with, you know, my dad and being there to support my mom through through that. And then once he passed, I got it said, what do I really want to do? And that's when I decided I really don't want to work a full-time corporation right now. I want to have flexibility, and but I still want to keep my finger in it. And so that's when I decided to uh, hang a shingle back then. Right. Hang, hang the, the notorious shingle, right? Yeah, but exactly. I love the, I love the, you know, the ability to kind of take the pause deal with what you needed to deal with and make that decision to say, like, I, I don't want that anymore. I'm not cut for that anymore. That doesn't fit my lifestyle anymore. Let's give this a try. Yeah. You know, you've probably heard me say that early on in my career, I, I had stepped away from corporate and done consulting at one other point. And someone had said to me, there are lots of balls that we all have in the air. Some are made of glass and some are made of rubber. And the glass ones, you can't get back again. And your career is one that's made of rubber. You can drop it and you can pick it up again if you're good at what you do. But your child being in first grade is one shot deal. Right. And your dad dying, being able to be with my, so, so I've always kept that in this pasture. Actually, I had to remember the glass balls as well. And I ended up taking 12 weeks off this year to deal with some elderly family issues. Right. So I think for me, that's important is to keep in mind which things are made of rubber and which things are made of glass. I love, I, I love that. And yes, I, I we've spoken about that prior. Yeah. And thanks for the reminder because it's it really does put it all in perspective and and gives you that that vision that kind of that grounded your grounded yeah. core values, right? Your values mm-hmm. are family first, right? So tell us a little bit about like pre-starting the business. Was there a mentor or someone that um, guided you through your career up to that point that really helped you to help prepare you to take this, this leap into entrepreneurship? The last firm I had been with was a high growth startup mm-hmm. and the CEO there was amazing. I guess I would say I had HR mentors through my, you know, my senior HR career that were right. that taught me so many things out, not just HR, but mostly about leading, right? How to be a better leader. And then the experience with Jim probably let me see, you know, we went from employees day one to 250 employees and a billion dollar portfolio in five years. And so... Seeing that it could be done and having him there in the beginning, he ended up passing away shortly after I started the company. I actually got a note from from a dear friend that I used to work with that yesterday I came home and read it and he said, I wish Jim was still alive to see what you've done. Oh, wow. How nice. Yeah. But I didn't expect to have a company with 25 people, Cheryl. I really we thought- never do when we start, right? No, I thought it was a work-life thing for me while my kids were in school and my 
youngest is about to go to college next year. And I thought at this point, I'd be going back and working for a big global company and traveling around the world. I just didn't want that for this period of my life. But this kind of happened despite me. And it's been awesome. So no more corporate. I'm not going back. (laughs) Once you leave, you never go back, right? You know, you hear that, but you don't know it until you experience it. And you have to have that uh, internal satisfaction and comfort that what you're doing is a sustainable and you love doing it. I, I say this every time we have to love what we do and, and just, you know, work hard at it. Like it never gets easier. Uh, just, I hope it gets easier. I'm going to say it never gets easier because it's, oh, it's, there's always something else that comes up. Like it's always, it's always changing and, and, and growing into something different That's and true. challenges so along the way, like COVID hit, like what, what challenges in the business came with that? Like yeah. you're, you're growing into something, hopefully it's easier, but there's always, there's always that thing that, that comes up that we didn't plan for. You can't plan for who, who would have ever planned for COVID. Right. 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 Absolutely. I wanted to talk a little bit about your concentration on mergers, because I think that's so specialized, but so needed, because like you said, you know, you start with a company of five and all of a sudden you're a company of 200 overnight. There's special skills that need to be learned and dealt with in, in those times. And how do you, you know, managing those people. And I know a lot of mergers with big corporate after it happens there's usually layoffs afterwards because we have two Janes two Joes in the same position so tell us a little bit about like that that niche because I I see especially in this environment so much going on as far as mergers and acquisitions from small organizations to large yeah well so I think you know we work with companies on both the buy and the sell side And the earlier people can get in, you as a finance professional, the earlier we can get in and get involved before the deal is done, not just for the integration, to take a look. So we look at culture, because that's super important. So many deals fall apart because the cultures aren't catable. You know, so we look at culture, we look at leadership, we look at HR practices and how aligned or not aligned they are. We look at org structure. So as you talked about, sometimes one of the benefits of doing the deal is you can consolidate the corporate functions. Other times you might be bringing on a business that you want to leave standalone mm-hmm. and you're buying it for its ability to do something different and you have more of a decentralized model versus a select model. So coming up with what is that org design? Another thing we like to do is have assessed all the leaders on the acquirers team ahead of time, understand where our gaps in leadership and look for the company we're acquiring to see if we can fill those gaps strategically through the acquisition. So there's so many pieces. Absolutely. The earlier you get involved, the more successful the transition will be. Yeah, it's not just We're closing tomorrow, Lord, bring your team in, right? (laughs) How do we integrate, right? And and sometimes where people need help is the integration or they've tried to integrate for six months and they're like, oh my God, this isn't working. Yeah, so sometimes that's it. But 
the earlier you can get involved, because when I was at S&P, you know, it was me, the CFO and a deal modeler that would be the able diligence. And honestly, I killed deals. So like looks is just too different. So yeah, we might want what they have, but culturally this is a bad alignment. You know, you're not going to get what you want if, if all your talent leaves because it's right. not, they don't want to come in in a blue suit into Wall Street. Like that wasn't what this was. And sometimes culture is the hardest to overcome. Yeah. You know, how many companies have you gone in that have had a merger and they still say, well, the X team and the Y team or, you know, what was like this, it works so much better. They still read back. They never quite get like, we're one. You know, right. one band, one sound, my mentor, Jim, that was something he did as we acquired companies and did things. He, he just kept saying one band, one sound. This is what I we are. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you've built a team over the last 12 years. Is your team local here in New Jersey? Like, tell us a little bit about your client base. I'm sure in this you know, in this world where we're all accustomed to working remotely, I'm sure you're the same, but just tell our audience a little bit yeah. about that, your team. Yep. So my team, I have been blessed. They're all part-time and very seasoned, senior level, HR, executives, leadership coaches, and trainers. And some people do all three, but many are in one of the three silos. And I've been lucky enough to find people that want to work part-time, kind of like me, that have other things going on in their life. And they want to come in and really make a difference for the client and be able to do that you know, and, and then move on and go scuba diving if that's what they want right. to do for a month. So right. most of them are in the New Jersey area. However, I've got people in Texas and in Connecticut. And so... It does, especially the coaches, they're kind of all over because it really, a lot of the coaching is done virtually. And for training, I was actually, I got home last night from, you know, I was in Minnesota doing a, an all day workshop last week. So our clients are also all over the U.S. At this point, I've stayed away from global. That adds another level of complexity. Yeah. And the only thing our clients are would be union shops. So we deal with professional services. We deal with manufacturing. We have a hotel. We've got security. You know, we're, we're kind of industry agnostic because HR is HR. Leadership is leadership and yeah. training teams or leaders is, you know, the and skills are the same. The skills are the same. And I always say like with accounting and what we do, there may be a nuance or two with each industry, totally. but the accounting is accounting is accounting. Right. Right. So when we're designing, you know, a compensating plan, right, an incentive plan or commission plan, obviously what we would design for a, a restaurant would be very different yeah. than what we would design for a financial service firm or accounting firm. Right. So you're right. There are nuances, but if you have the right kinds of questions to ask and, and our whole thing is we really want to look at what what is the business goal, Right. What's your business strategy? What's the culture you're trying to create? And taking the strategy and the culture, anything you do with HR or leadership or training, quite frankly, should be in support of and reflect those things. Exactly. It's totally aligned. It all needs to be aligned. Yeah. So we're not, what I love to 
take a moment on these calls, say is we are not the outsourced. Hey, can we have a handbook and somebody there that can answer policy and benefits? That is not us. There's lots of great HR firms that do that. We are more think of us as kind of the level on top of that. Sometimes we manage those folks for companies. We're looking at projects and strategy and Usually they're, they are more project-based. We'll come in and do something. We'll do interim CHRO kind of things. If somebody's looking to fill a job and they just need right. someone to come in and help put a structure in place and hire someone, you know, we'll do that for a while. But the day-to-day real June level calls to staff, not who we are. So what is the typical pain point or issue that a potential client comes to you with? So there's different ones in the three verticals. So, right, so for leadership coaching, sometimes the pain point is you've got a next generation that's getting ready to be able to lead the business and they come to us to help them become more effective as a leader, get better leadership skill and we'll coach them. And sometimes the person who's leaving so that that transition can be smooth. So that would be one example of a pain point. From a training perspective, a lot of training has been around management skills lately. And we take a look at what the organization needs. They're growing quickly and people are getting promoted from within, which is awesome. It's what you want. They're not coming with skills or with formal training from big companies. So how do we get everybody aligned to be the most impactful you know, manager. And sometimes it's just team, team dynamic. The pain point might be, you know, I've got these two teams that aren't working well together. Or I have a team that is really good, but we're good individuals. We're not a high-performing team. And so those are some examples of training work that we'll do with the team. And then from an HR perspective, as we're growing, we're realizing, you know, we're, we're being a lot larger and span of controls bigger. Is it sustainable? My number two person can't manage 20 or 30 people and still be effective doing other things, but don't know what to do. We don't quite know how to structure and build things that is scalable. And so Mm -hmm. that's an example of like an org design project. We'll get projects around compensation where, you know, we've always just given out bonuses at the end of the year based on what money we have, right? You probably see a lot in your business as the CEO or entrepreneur will just give out very discretionary bonuses and people are saying, well, it would be helpful if we knew what this was for and how do we earn it again? And so they're like, hey, it might be time that we get more deliberate with a incentive plan or a commission plan. And then just the communication, just the communication with the team saying, you know, this is, you know, this is the goal. We met the goal. So this is the bonus. Right. The goal again next year. Yeah. That, and then tying performance to it. right? Right. So how do you create those goals, those metrics? So we do a lot of work on performance management, designing the framework, the tools, training managers, training employees on what their role is and the goal setting and holding people accountable, you know, how to give good feedback. And so, you know, that could be another pain point in, in growth, but it's those, those growth pain points, you know, that, that someone hits, 
would be most of the mm-hmm. triggers for us. Right. You know, right. talking about, I mean, I say to, if they're talking about people, leadership, or culture, right? Give us a call. And if it's not us, if it's something, right. I'll, I'll know the person that can help. Right, exactly. And it's, it's worth having that conversation to see if it's, it's you or someone else within your network that can help them is a, is a better match. Right. Great. Tell our audience how they can find you, where they can find you, your website. Our website is Crothers, like brothers with a C, hrconsulting.com. And my email address is laura at crothershrconsulting.com. My phone number is 201-317-0512. You can call me directly and we will take it from there. Always open to meeting new great people, right, Cheryl? Yeah, it's part of the conversation. Exactly. So thank you, Laura, for being here with us today. I love, I love the different perspectives of the different, you know, the different kinds of projects you work on and, and who you can help because it, it is very vast. It's a lot of different situations to get involved in to work with and help the organization get to the next step. Yeah. So thank it's you. Been, it's been quite a fun journey. Yeah. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> right. I, you know, we're kind of around the same time frame, right? I remember exactly. we both were kind of single shingles when we met. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you, Laura, so much. And thank, thank you to our audience for listening in to Pathways to Profitability podcast. All of our episodes can be found at pathwaystoprofitability.com. Browse, listen to the ones that pique your interest. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today? 